Following Christ with us is an invitation for women of all ages and in every stage of life to grab their Bibles and a cup of coffee and join us, Shirley Crowder and Lee Wren, as we discuss what the Bible says about a variety of topics. Thank you for joining me today for a special edition of Following Christ with Us. I'm Shirley Crowder. Lee Wren will not be with us today. Since Valentine's Day is just a couple of days away, I thought we would add an extra podcast and talk about love. Not just any kind of love, though. We're going to talk about biblical love. So how in the world did Valentine's Day become such a big deal? There are several stories about how we began celebrating Valentine's Day. With the research that I've done, it seems as though there's some combination of pagan rituals and religious martyrdom, can't say that word very well, that seemed to be the prevailing thought. No one really knows exactly how we began celebrating it. But Valentine's Day has become a huge day for retailers. The statistics that I found online vary, of course, but they estimate that U.S. consumers spend billions, B, billions of dollars on Valentine's Day flowers, candy, cards, gifts, merchandise, phone calls, meals out, billions of dollars. Now this year, uh, it was a full week before Christmas, and I already saw Valentine's Day cards and goodies placed in some stores. Now, if you believe... <laughs> All the hubbub, all the advertising that you see on TV, all the things that you hear, all the talk about Valentine's Day. Here's what I've decided. Uh, you can boil all of this stuff that you hear down to. If you really love someone, you will spend exorbitant amounts of money on them for Valentine's Day. You get that? But that's what all this advertising, that's what everything is telling us. If you really love someone, you'll get them this or that, or you'll do this or that. Now, sadly, we all know that for some people, it's the only day in a year that they might make any effort to show love even pretend love to someone other than themselves. As a counselor, as a Bible study teacher, I often am asked, should Christ followers participate in Valentine's Day celebrations? And, you know, that's kind of a divisive subject for some. Because there are those who say, yes, absolutely, we should. And others say, no, 
No, we shouldn't. Well, I think the answer is yes, we should. But not necessarily in the way the world tells us to celebrate. It's hard to imagine that you can celebrate love on Valentine's Day without really talking about the source, capital S, source of love. And of course, we know God is love. and We know he's the source of love, right? Let's look at at what love is, what biblical love is, and, and what it isn't. There's a note in one of my Bibles, the Reformation Bible, that says, the indispensable mark of Christian life is Christian love. So, um, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, then you're going to exhibit love. Another note said, uh, the measure and test of love to God is wholehearted obedience to his word. Now that's a footnote by John 14, 15. And in the ESV, the English Standard Version, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So the measure and test of love to God is whether we wholeheartedly obey his word. Also in John 14, 21, the ESV says, whosoever, whoever rather, I'm sorry, I'm so used to King James, that language comes out sometimes. Whoever has my commandments, this is Jesus speaking, God, Jesus speaking, and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus also said, it's recorded in John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Some versions say my commandments and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And of course, when he says we will come and make our home with him, talking about through indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the heart life of a Christ follower. There's also a measure and test of <clears throat> our love to our neighbors. How do we love our neighbors? And you know, we always want to get pretty technical if we don't like somebody and say, well, they're not really my neighbor. But according to scripture, everyone around is whom we're to love. First John 3, 15 through 16 says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him, in Christ. Now, when John also records in chapters uh, 12 and 13, 
the account of Mary anointing the feet of Jesus with oil, that expensive oil, and everybody getting up in arms about that and so excited. No, you could feed the poor and do all of this. And, and basically what Jesus says is Mary's taking care of me. Mary is loving me. She is showing me love by caring for me, by anointing my feet. So I guess it probably isn't a surprise to anyone listening um, when I say that most of the time when we talk about love, there's a chapter in scripture that most people refer to as the love chapter, right? And that's 1 Corinthians 13. And so I know it's familiar to everyone, but let's look at it just a minute. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels that have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just a bunch of noise, senseless. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I love the translation of that. It says love never fails, never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Now I know in part that I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, Faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, I know that was a pretty long passage to read, but let's think about what we've read. According to those passages, what is love? It says love's patient, love's kind, love rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and never fails. 
So how are you doing at loving? How are you doing at being patient, kind, rejoicing with the truth, bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things? How are you doing with loving others? Mm. Sometimes that's a little difficult for us, isn't it? Now, these verses also tell us what love doesn't, isn't. When it talks about that love does not envy, it doesn't boast. Ooh, how about this one? It doesn't insist on its own way. Hmm, that's doing some toe stepping there, isn't it? It doesn't become irritable. It doesn't resent. And it doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. Hmm. Goodness, those verses speak to us. It's what we should be doing and how the way how we should be loving others. Oh my goodness. Our world today needs to learn how to love. First of all, need to know the source of love, and they need to learn to love. Now, these verses also tell us that without love, it doesn't matter if we do something miraculous, speak in tongues, it's just a bunch of noise, just a bunch of clanging. It tells us that uh, without love, that, that any prophecy, that the mysteries, that any knowledge we have, that even our faith amounts to nothing. Mm. Also tells us that even good deeds are unprofitable. Tells us that love is greater than the prophecies which are going to fail, the tongues which will cease, and the knowledge which will vanish. I have a handwritten note in my Bible, so I don't know the source. That says, love is one of the dynamic terms Paul uses to speak of the holy life enabled by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It encompasses motive and deed. Now get this, Christ followers, listen carefully. Love is characteristic of the mature believer. Mm. Goodness. That can be a convicting statement for many of us. John 13, 34 to 35 is Jesus telling his disciples, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
So love really is a, a principle of action, not just this emotion, not this fluttery, giggly, whatever feeling. It's a matter of doing things out of compassion for people. Whether we feel any, what we call personal affection for them or not, really. So what Jesus is telling his disciples in this John passage is that as they love one another, as they love other people, that those around them will recognize them as disciples of Jesus. As they emulate, as they follow what he teaches. Now, the next verse is can be a little controversial at times, and I've heard it taught incorrectly. First John 4, starting with verse 7, that says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love God, who does not love, does not know God, because God is love. Now, I have heard people say that if you're not a Christ follower, you can't love. Well, that isn't true. And it's true. Someone who is not a believer, someone who does not trust Christ as his Savior or her Savior, someone who is not a Christ follower can love. But unless you're tapped into the source of love, God is love, God. And you have his Holy Spirit residing in you. You will not understand and know and be able to really, truly love others. Now, verse 9 of 1 John 4 says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. I love these verses because we know God through his love. Part of, part of the way that God showed that God's love was manifested, shown to us, was that he sent his son to earth to live as fully God and fully man so that he could die, be punished, crucified, die upon the cross, take upon himself not only our sin, but the punishment we deserved for that sin so that we could be reconciled, so that we could be forgiven. So as we read verses 7 and 8 there where it talked about let us love one another, God is love. and Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. So if you don't love, real love, 
You don't know God. Hmm. Hmm. A lot of people going around professing that they know God. And there's not a bit of love in their words, in their actions, in their attitudes. Now, verses 9 through 11 say of the same passage, 1 John 4, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And of course, the verse, probably maybe one of the most well-known verses in all of scripture, is John 3.16, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only, King James said, begotten son that who can't read it because I've memorized it in King James. It's so funny that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He loved us. We've talked before about Ephesians 2. Now the first three verses talk about who we were before we came to Christ, dead in our trespasses and sins. And then we get to that glorious verse four where it says, but God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. The whole passage goes on to talk about how by grace, by God's grace, we have been saved. We see God through love. First, the first John 4 passage, verse 12 says, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Now get a load of this, people. By this we know that we abide in him and he is in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. So whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him, and he in us, he in God. And so we've come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Wow. God is the source of that love, isn't it? And one of the versions of Scripture, and I can't remember which one, it may be King James, um, for the first John 4.10 says, And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he first loved us. <coughs> Excuse me. So we are obedient by faith. And verse 20 of 1 John 4 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. 
For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And so the Bible tells us that God is love. Jesus loved us so much he was willing to die for us. Love is self-sacrificing. We all have heard and probably know John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. So love is being willing to put the wants of another person before your own. It means putting the feelings of others before your own. Yeah. I don't like that part, do you? <laughs> but that's what we're supposed to do. We can only do all this because the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us die to ourselves. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We're supposed to walk in love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 tells us to be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice. How do we love? How do we love? People who aren't, who we don't like very much, maybe, or who aren't very, in our opinion, very lovable. Well, first of all, we have to believe and confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord. We have to repent of our sin and receive forgiveness for our sin and become a Christ follower. If you want to look up a little later, Romans 10, 9, but You'll know that verse if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And then you have to walk in love. Now, that may sound a bit an awkward language for some. First John 4, 8, 9 said, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us was shown to us, is what that means, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So that living isn't just for eternity, but it's right now. It's in the present. Walking in love means that we walk according to scripture, that we live in relationship with Christ, where our, they have short tabs, <laughs> where we are convicted of sin and we ask Christ, yes, God, we come and we say, forgive me of this sin. We confess it. We ask forgiveness and we walk in the freedom of that. It's only through the Holy Spirit, through, through the, the enabling strength of the Holy Spirit, that we can die to ourselves and love others. That's biblical love. It's not how much money we spend on someone. 
that would give them the best gift, the prettiest flowers, the best card, feeding them the best meal, whatever. True love doesn't just show up one day a year. True love lives throughout your entire life. You love God first and others next. Nothing at all that I or anyone else does or says has any meaning unless I love God and others. I could buy someone the most expensive present they ever thought of getting and give it to them on Valentine's Day. And if my motive for that is to impress them or someone else, and it's not just how to love someone and want to give it to them, then it's a meaningless gift. My mom always picked up these little useless, cheap old things at Dollar Store, Dollar General, wherever she was, and she'd give them to people. And, you know, <laughs> those little things were really, oftentimes didn't cost but a dime or a quarter, totally devoid of any real value. But when mom presented it to you, she did so in a way that you knew she loved you. And it became a valuable, valuable gift. So on this Valentine today, let's practice biblical love. Father, we thank you for this day, for your blessings to us, your love and your watch care over us. Thank you for loving us and helping us love others. In your name we pray. Amen. So I hope you'll join us next Tuesday for our next Following Christ with Us podcast. Thank you.